Okay, I've got a word for us today, and I want to say this. To, let's say this on the screen together, wherever you are in your room, say this together. The shepherd and his sheep. This is a series, so we're going to be doing a series called The Shepherd and His Sheep. It's just a two-part series. Okay, maybe a good junction for me to mention. In the month of May, beginning of the month of May, we're going to go back to the series we've been doing, which is the book of Romans called The Gospel of Christ. Um, we are on uh, at chapter, we were about to do chapter 12 before we, the, the lockdown started, and of course we had to adjust and then change, but now we feel like we're getting back to normal. On the, by May, the first Sunday of May, we will be going back to our series called The Gospel of Christ, Romans chapter 12, and I'm excited to hear Dr. Kenneth speaking to us on that day. Okay, now today we're talking about two series, which will be this Sunday and next Sunday. So today's, um, top, um, today's title or subtitle, because this is the name of the series, will be called The Good Shepherd. Okay, so if you want, title it in your note, The Good Shepherd. But the series is The Shepherd and His Sheep. Next week we will be talking about The Sheep. All right. Okay. Now, let's read our text together. This is the most common text every, any Christian should know or would know. But so in other words, if you're getting this message today, you might be thinking, hang on a minute, I've heard this before, Pastor King. Can you just give us something new? No, no. I'm not giving you anything new. I'm giving you the same word of God. Most of you had coffee or tea yesterday, and you had it this morning. You're going to have it tomorrow, and you're going to have it maybe next tomorrow. You know what? If you live up to 90 years, you're going to have it for the next whatever years added to what you have right now. So that's the word of God for you. You're always going to get the same thing because God wants to re, re, um, is renewing us by the word, cleansing us when we hear it over and over. So let's read this together. Go. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. That in its statement in itself is loaded. My shepherd, all of a sudden I have all I need. Now, I'm going to try and see if I could find a way of illustrating this, the idea behind this. That once I have the shepherd, I have all that I need. That's basically what that statement is saying. Now listen, let me t maybe let's just I'll come up with a story like this. Imagine if you have a picture frame. Just, um, I, can't, I should have pr provided one. Maybe just one picture. Let's just call it this picture. And this is a kind of artwork. You know, this artwork. Um, an owner of a house who owns a massive mansion full of artworks, full of um, paintings, you know, you know, those paintings that cost, cost lots of money, millions and millions of um, pounds. But also the included in all his possession is this tiny little one that no one wants because, to, to be honest, it's, worth, it's just a trash. And he says, you know what, I want this sold first before any other of the picture in my house sold. But of course, any, all those people who are bidding for this house don't want this tiny little thing. Because he says, not only would you, when you purchase this little frame, you're going to hang it at the best house. In your house. He's not going to just put it in the bin. You're going to purchase it, but you're going to display it in the best spot for your house. Best spot. 
So guess what? No one wants it because it's going to mess up their, their swag. It's going to mess up their style. Of course, the picture itself is the cheapest in all his collection. There's only a child who can afford it. Not that he can afford it, but only a child is the only one that demanded for it. Because at the end of the day, what does he know? This is the best for him. What the best he could think of. All the people with full wisdom and understanding of what painting, what the color you use, and all the how you wave it like this, wave it like that. We're not eager to get that rubbish picture. But of course, when the small boy takes this picture, or small girl takes this picture, the administrator of the will of the house owner said, hang on a minute, there's a letter that comes with this picture. Opens the letter, and in that letter says, whoever owns this picture gets the whole house and everything inside it. So the boy, without knowing, thinking that he was only getting a picture no one wants, got the whole house, and all those people who are waiting to just get those house lost out. What's the illustration here? What's the picture? What can, what can we understand from this? The picture is Jesus. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The house owner here is God. The administrator of the will is the Holy Spirit. The one that actually lets you know once you get Jesus, this is all that comes with it. It's the Holy Spirit. The child is you and me. The ones, the foolish ones who have received Jesus. And all these other ones who are waiting to get all those things that comes after Jesus first, before they get Jesus, are the world. This is actually a way I could explain that, that scripture. I have all that I need. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. I've got the Lord, so I have everything I need. I want you to let this song sink in into you, this beginning of this message. That's exactly what I believe God wants you to get today. We're going to go, I have three points I'm going to share with us today, three main points, talking about the character of the good shepherd. But before we get to that, why on earth is God so eager for us to know that he is our shepherd? Why is it important for God? Here is what God said himself in Ezekiel. Let's read this. He says, you are my flock. So this is not us choosing to call ourselves, call the Lord our shepherd. He decided this before we were all made, before you existed or before I was existed. You are my flock, the sheep of my pasture. You are my people. I am your God. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. This is what the Lord said through Ezekiel. In the book of Psalm 100, this is what God says. No, this is now he's telling us through the King David. No, that means perceive, recognize, understand with approval that the Lord is God. It is he, it is he who made us, not ourselves, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. The Lord chooses to call us sheep, making him a shepherd. Making him a shepherd. So I asked earlier, why would Jesus want us to know him as our savior? Sorry, <laughs> as our shepherd. I want you to just think a little bit. 
See if you can figure that out. What's the main reason? We know him as Savior. We know him as Lord. We know him as all those things. Why is it important to know him as a shepherd? Especially if you're not a farmer. You've never farmed before. You don't understand what shepherds do. You don't know how the relationship between a shepherd and a sheep. Of course, when he's saying this, he's talking to people who were farming, so they made more sense to them. But the, the relationship between a sheep and a shepherd is a very unique relationship. But here's the answer to that question. Because he wants us to trust him and live without fear. Um, a sheep lives by trusting the shepherd. Wherever the shepherd says go is where the sheep goes. Wherever the shepherd says, when the shepherd says stand, is where you stand. Have you been in that situation and you, you, your child you, you, on the road, you know, you take your children and you're walking on the road. You know, my wife does this sometimes and she always says to Sarah, you know, when we tell you stop, stop. It's important you trust and follow every word because that stop can save your life if you're crossing the road and you don't see, you're not, you can't see what is coming. And your parents saying, stop, she can save your life. Actually, the other day I was watching a movie and, and they, they were depic depicting that in the film where the child just lost the hand of the mom, went into the road, horse carriage is coming and of course the mom says, stop, but the child didn't. And the child died in the movie. Of course, it's only a fiction. But these things happen. So what he wants us to do, he, God wants us to understand him as a shepherd because he wants us to trust him and also he wants us to live without fear. Why live without fear? I'm going to use scripture. Let's use scripture to, this, to see this. Let's go to John chapter 10. Watch what Jesus said here. And I highlighted something which I find is important. The thief, thief here, Satan, devil, his enemy, our enemy, your enemy. The thief's purpose. I highlighted the word purpose for a reason. I'm going to explain later because purpose is so important. Actually, let me just say it away right now. The reason for existence is what purpose is. Okay, purpose, when you hear the word purpose, you say why this exists. Okay, that might have different lots of reasons, but those reasons is what we call purpose. Okay, so the purpose it's thief exists is to steal and kill and destroy. But watch what Jesus said here. My purpose, in other words, the reason I live, the reason I lived on earth, no, wait, the reason I lived before I came to earth, and the reason I lived on earth, and the reason I live right now is to give them, them you and me, a rich and satisfying life, rich and satisfying life. I'm going to come back to this, but I just wanted to show you. So God wants us to know that his purpose is that. But watch, he says, I am the good shepherd, and the, sh and the sheep, and the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Seek the kingdom of God above, that's in Luke 12 now, all else, and he will give you everything you need. So God wants us to trust him. He wants us to trust him for provision. But I'll get to that in very soon. Now, I've got three points for us to, to note this. Take note of it, please, if you're, if you're home and making notes. I can see my son making notes. Well done, son. <laughs> now, point number one. Let's say this together. The, the character of the good shepherd. The first character of the good shepherd is the shepherd knows his sheep. Is that important? Yes. Have you ever received gift from people 
and you receive the gift, and the, you're wondering, does this person actually know me? People do that sometimes. They try to give gift, but they, when they give gift, they're actually giving you the gift they want themselves, not exactly what you want. <laughs> has that happened to you? It has happened to me. And also, I know a sister one day <laughs> was suggesting, let's give this to this sister. And we, <laughs> we looked at what the sister is suggesting. We're like, um, I, I don't think you know the person you're giving this because there's no way she's going to wear that. <laughs> so it's important. So this, it's important to know the person you're leading or the person you're working with. That's what this, one of the main characters of the Good Shepherd is that he knows the sheep. What does that mean? It means Jesus understands our challenges. I want to tell you right now, whatever you're going through, Jesus understands it. Yes, I'm talking to you. Whatever you're going through, he understands it. Don't think that even if I don't understand it, even if your local pastor doesn't understand it, even if your boss doesn't understand what you're going through, even if your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister don't understand it, I can promise you that Jesus understands what you're going through. Am I just making it up? No. Let's go through the scripture. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. The Lord said to Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. Before you were born, I set you apart. That, 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 is that just only Jeremiah? No. All of us, before he created, before you were even conceived by your mom and your dad, he has already planned out a, a strategy for you. He has already planned a destiny for you. Exactly, that is why you could, sometimes people can talk about predestination. But that predestination is in Christ. Amen. So, he, before, he knew us, he knew you before you were born. That's Jeremiah, yeah? Okay, look at what Jesus said himself. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep. Amen. I know my own sheep. And they know me. It's important that this relationship is together and that's why next week we'll be talking about the sheep today we're talking about the shepherd the shepherd is saying you know what I've, i know them i know everyone i have called i know you simon i know you Kenny. i know you um rachel i know you dave i know you allison i know you uh, all of you over there i know you norena i know you i know you by name before you were called, before you even thought of what you're going to do for business, I have actually planned out everything for you. Amen. That's something you should say amen over for. Now, what is the price? He goes further to say, what is the price of five sparrows? Two coppers of coin. Yet, God does not forget a single one of them. And the very hair. So, <laughs> you know why I'm, I put this scripture? Is that every time Jesus says something that is good, he doubles down. <laughs> he said it in John chapter 10. He doubles down in the book of Luke. And the very hair on your hair. Head, sorry. Head on your hair. No. Hair on your hair. The very hairs. There's an S there. King, read. The very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Mm, mm, mm. In case you're not sure that God knows you, 
he doubles down to say, no, every single hair, I have numbered it. Oh, okay, someone might say, hang on a minute, I've got no hair on my head. Do you have hair anywhere else? They're all numbered. Let's move on. <laughs> Some people are laughing in the room here. <laughs> okay, but my point is, he's just trying to give you detail. He's trying to give you the detail of how much. I call it doubling down. Double down. You think I don't know you? I actually know you so, so well. Amen. So, but why is he saying that? So that you don't be afraid. It's not, I know you, so that nothing. No, I know you so that you don't be afraid. Why is he saying that? Point number two. Why is he saying don't be afraid? Point number two. Let's go, let's say that together. Go. The shepherd provides for his sheep. I know you, I will provide for you. I know what you're going through. I know your current challenge. I will provide for you. Jesus meets our needs. He is the good shepherd. Have you ever been in that situation? You think, hang on a minute, no, this particular need. No, <laughs> there's no way that would happen. I have caught myself sometimes say those things. Even sometimes when God said things like to me, for example, one of them, I've said this many times, one of them is when God said to me, one day you will stand in front of that church, the church I used to was serving. I was serving as a worship um, leader then and also a media guy. And one day he said to me, our pastor was praying. And when she was praying to me, one day you'll be there, standing there, doing. And I bound the devil. I was like, come on, no way. There's no chance. Forget it. Why? Because I knew I couldn't speak well. You can see it many times. I misread things. So... I knew, no, no, I said, no, forget it. No, it's not, no chance, it's not going to happen. I even made the mistake to say, uh, if only, the only way it will happen is that God will have to bring a physical angel standing before me before I will believe that. And God rebuked me. Why is that? It's because I don't think he knows me. When he said you would do this, in my mind, God, you actually don't know who you're talking about. Gideon faced the same situation. When God said to Gideon that I'm going to do this through you, I'm going to rescue you, through you, I'm going to rescue the people. Gideon was like, <laughs> when God was saying to him, oh, mighty man of valor, he's looking over his shoulder. Who, who are you talking to? Why? Because we don't think God knows us. I know how that feels. Because what you're going through right now, or where you are right now, is quite limiting. Yes, it is. The current situation I'm in now is quite limited. Okay, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pastor. We're leading a church called Fever House Church. We are here in Blaine. And you're doing what you can. But you can look around you and think, hang on a minute. This, maybe this is a bit not the way I want it to be. Or maybe it's going faster than I want it to be. Or maybe the city I'm in, I don't like it. Or whatever it is, you might think you're, looking, you're constantly looking at your surrounding and thinking, I don't know how this is going to happen. I want to encourage you right now that God knows you. Every word he said to you, actually God said that to me the other day, and I'm just sharing it publicly right now. God said to me, every word I spoke to you will come to pass. Trust me. My goodness. Every word, King, every word I spoke to you will come to pass. Trust me. And I want to encourage you in the same way that God has encouraged me, that every word he spoke to me will come to pass. Amen. Why? Because he knows me. 
And because he is willing to provide for me, willing to provide for you, and he is providing for you if you continue trusting him. What scriptures do we have for this? The one we read earlier, let's read that again further. You see God through that scripture just, is just doing provision, provision, provision. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Watch this. He lets me rest in green meadows or pastures. I highlighted the, the thing I put in bold there is for you to see the things he's doing in terms of provision. He does what? He, he lets, lets me rest. rest. In, in green meadows, meadows. He, he leads me beside peaceful streams. He, he renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Did you see those highlights, those capitals? He lets me rest. He leads me. This is provision. So in other words, when I'm getting tired and all that, he knows when to tell me, listen, stop, stop, stop. Stop. Just trust me. Rely on me. He leads me as well. He doesn't just... He doesn't just uh, tell me, oh, what I need you to go, I just need you to go to that city and do. No, he leads the way. Hallelujah. Have God spoken to you to go somewhere? Can I say something to you? He's ahead of you. <laughs> he's already gone ahead of you to that place that he's telling you to go. Amen. Say amen to that. He leads, he's in front. He's not sending you where, he, <laughs> where he's not going to go, where he hasn't been. Amen. What else does it do? He renews your strength. So were you tired before? Now he wants you to go somewhere. He's telling you, just, I'm going to renew you. I'm going to give you strength to do it. He leads, but he also guides. What's the difference? Lead, guide. Lead is ahead. He's moving ahead. But guide sometimes, a leader that guides is a leader that moves ahead of you, telling you, watch what I'm doing, but also looks back to see how you're getting on with what's you're doing. I also sometimes can track back to you and, show, and help you when you couldn't do it. He doesn't just lead you. He strengthens you, but he also guides you to do it right, even if you're messing it up. We serve such a good God. He prepares a feast for you. In other words, if you need food, don't worry, he's going to sort it out. He anoints your head. You're not going to run out of... I, I highlighted something here, guys. Oil. That's a metaphor used many times in the Bible for who? Can someone say to me? Say loud in your rooms. Oil. Anointing. Oil. Holy Spirit. Yeah. Okay. Oil represents that. But guess what? When you are full of the Holy Spirit, or when your head is anointed with oil, what happens is that you flow with blessing. I also want to encourage you, to keep working with the Holy Spirit, keep understanding and recognize the move and the working of the Holy Spirit in your life, especially in this season. And of course, surely goodness and his unfailing love will pursue you all the days of the rest of your life. You don't have to pursue it, it's going to go after you. Amen. Let's read Matthew. 
Again, we're talking about God wants to provide for us. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 30, this is what he said. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and tomorrow into, and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. So why do you have so little faith? This is not a rebuke when he says, why do you have so little faith? He's trying to say, please, just... Don't panic. Relax. Relax. I did panic today, for example, when we're queuing in things here. And <laughs> panic is never good. Everything we've set up properly, we are fine to go streaming, switch to Amy and all of those. I'm exposing ourselves here, but that's fine, just to give you an insight. But because I'm panicking, I messed it up. Why? My wife still told me, why are you panicking? Relax. You've already planned yourself. Panic doesn't help, and that's what Jesus is saying. Why do you have so Relax care of you. Amen. I'll take care of you. Hallelujah. So don't worry about these things saying, what shall I eat? Is that important, what to eat? That's a basic need. What will we drink? Is that important? Basic need, yes. What will we wear? So he's not even talking about your desire for a house with a swimming pool or your desire to switch from your Toyota to a Mercedes Benz. That's not even what he's talking about. He's talking about even your basic need. I don't want you to worry about it. Amen. Your basic need. Don't worry about it. Why? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. The thoughts of the world, these are the things they're constantly. Con it's all about the Benjamin. It's all about the state in America. It's all about the. Yeah, it will be all about the Queen. <laughs> Uh, the Elizabeth, it will be all about the Elizabeth here. But your heavenly father already knows all that you need. I said point number one, he knows you. And so that means he will provide for you. Num point number two. Amen. We're going to move on. Point number three. And let's say that together. The shepherd protects his sheep. Hallelujah. These are the three things I want you to get home with today. Or, or well, stay home with today. <laughs> the three things you're staying home with today. The sheep is protected by the shepherd. The shepherd doesn't just know his sheep. He doesn't just provide for his sheep. Also, make sure that nothing comes and take away the provision that he has already made. Say hallelujah to that one because that's the good news. He doesn't just give you something and look away and the enemy comes and steals it. No. He makes sure that it's secured. That whatever he's giving you, it is secured. Oh, can we talk about what God has given us? A lot. And we're going to go into it very soon. But this is the point here. Jesus guarantees our safety. Okay. That could be a controversial statement. How, does it, how can you say Jesus guarantees our safety and yet have fallen sick? How can you say Jesus guarantees our safety and things still do happen? I've had accidents maybe. I've, uh, you know, I, I was operated the other day. So how does he guarantee my safety? That word safety there covers a whole lot more than just what your current circumstance is. And even that current circumstance, Jesus makes provision for that as well. But let's see what the scripture says. Even when I walk in the same psalm, it says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, will not fear be afraid for you are close by my side and your rod and your staff 
protect and comfort me. Even when what? I walk through difficult situations. This is something I highlighted here. Comfort. If you say that Jesus is protecting us, why then do I need comfort again? And that's the question. Why do we need comforting? If you say that Jesus is protecting us already. The reason is because we go through difficulties sometimes. And that makes us feel very uncomfortable. My goodness, are you feeling uncomfortable right now? Yes. And even just the lockdown, hearing the news, oh, it's been extended. You're like, oh, no, not again. No, please. That everything around us is almost like it's designed by the enemy or the enemy is trying to use everything around us to make us uncomfortable. And that's why the Bible says that he will protect us even and not only protect, he also will comfort us. That's why I say God guarantees our safety. What safety am I talking about? Remember Jesus said to us, listen, don't just be afraid of someone who's going to take your life. I don't have that scripture here written down. But don't fear God, the only one who can actually not just take your life and also kill your soul. So there's something much bigger than even just your physical life here on earth. But even that, your physical life, he will protect that. He will guarantee safety, but also give you comfort when you go through challenges. We do go through challenges sometimes, but he's always there to provide. Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. amen. I'm going to move on. Now, in, in the book of John chapter 10, my sheep listens to my voice, that's you, and I know them, and they follow me. Watch what he says here. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. Woo, this is so good. No one can snatch them away from my hands. Oh, I'm going to come back to that scripture again. This is one of my favorites of all time. But I'll come back to it. Why I'm going to come back to it. Remember I said that God has guaranteed your safety. I said Jesus guaranteed your safety. Watch this. You will not do what? You will never perish. I have given you eternal life. Your eternal life will not, you not lose it. That is the safety he was talking about. That's why Jesus said, don't fear men who could just kill your body. Don't care about them. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they only kill your body. They can't take what I have given you, which is more secured, eternal life. You will live forever and ever and ever with your father in heaven. Though they slay me, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Why? Because he's got a bigger plan than just earth for us. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to move on because this scripture gets me excited. <laughs> you don't even understand. And probably we'll look at it soon later. For my father has given them to me and he is more powerful. Again, I say that Jesus does. When he says something good and you think it's too good to be true, he doubles down. He goes further to say, my father has given them to me. And he is more powerful than anyone. Just in case you think I'm not powerful enough to do it. No one can take them, snatch them away from my father's hand. So you are in Christ. Christ in the father. You are completely, totally secured. Amen. And of course, just don't get confused. I and my father are one. He finished with that. So, <laughs> in other words, once I said it to you, you might as well take it. 
Because that's, what I'm saying to you, what Jesus is saying to you is what the Father is saying. Hallelujah. Oh, we're going to move on. <laughs> but together in your room. No one can snatch, put me there. No one can snatch me away from God's hand. Say that, everyone. Amen. Why is that? When we get this revelation of what Jesus is saying here, it will eradicate every fear of perishing. Does Christians do have sometimes the fear of perishing? Yes. Yes, they do. I, I for one, it's happened to me. You know, my son went for um, uh, oppression on which he's given testimony for. When I did, that happened to me, I think, I don't know which year now, I wish my wife can remember. 2010, it happened to me. I had an appendix, I just was on the floor, I couldn't move, and I had to go to the hospital. For whatever reason, 2010, of course, I've been a Christian all my life, so I trust God, I believe in God, I, work, I was working all my heart with God. So it's not an issue of being committed to God or believing in the Bible, no, I do. But for whatever reason, when I came to the first time going under anesthetics, I was afraid. I just was afraid. I cannot explain it, but the fear gripped me. What fear? What if I just close my eyes in anesthetics yeah, and never wake up? Hang on a minute. That should make me happy because I'm going to go and be with the bosom of the Father. But no, I wasn't. I was afraid. What if I close my eyes and I never wake up again and come before God and he says, away with you, <laughs> you, you, you unfaithful servant. What was going on in my head? I'm being frank with you. I was a Christian. I believed genuinely. But the difference is that I didn't have a revelation of the scripture I just read to you. That God has secured my salvation not on the basis of my own goodness. What was going on in my head is maybe the odd times maybe I couldn't say what I should say. Or maybe I was angry with the sister. Or maybe I, was, I told a white lie or green lie or purple one. All those times, maybe those, at that instant, I started looking at my own ability to save myself. Or my own ability to secure my salvation to heaven. I didn't have a revelation then that he said nothing, including me, can separate him myself. The only way that could happen is for me to stop believing and I do, was believing then. Anyway, I'm going to move on because that, script, that passage is something I could preach a whole message on. So, I want to bring us to a conclusion in this message. As we conclude, I want to remind us this. This is what exactly what God wants you to know. Trust, fear not. Okay? Trust God. That's what it, why he wants you to know that he's your shepherd. Trust the shepherd and fear not. Can I say that? Say that someone, trust God and fear not. Yeah. Go ahead, say it. I will trust the Lord and I will not fear. Amen. I'm not talking about, listen, this message is not just for COVID-19, please. This message goes beyond this. There are so many things that is surrounding us that constantly trying to make us be afraid. Even just not knowing how to get the next meal can make you afraid. Trust God and fear not. That's the scripture I read earlier to us. I want to repeat it to us again. The thief's purpose, and I told you what the purpose, he exists for that. And God's purpose is that you will have what? That's why he wants you to trust him. Is that you will have a rich. What is rich there? 
That you, someone can interpret it to mean wealthy. Another can interpret it to mean um, fool. Okay? I don't care how you interpret it. It's your business how you interpret it. What I care about is this bit. Is it satisfying? Okay? Now, whether you're rich or you're poor, or whether you're middle class or top class or the super wealthy, it doesn't matter. What Jesus wants you to have is a satisfying life. Okay? That's why he says that the kingdom is not of eating and drinking, but of, you know, being contented with also what you have. So whatever God is calling you to do, if he's putting in your heart you, some ambition of one thing or the other, as long as you put him first in that, you are fine. Amen. So Jesus came or exists so that you will have a satisfying life. And I want you to go home with that or stay home with that. Now, I want us to repeat these things as we close. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And as Jesus is getting ready for worship, we're going to say this together. Number one, we have, we don't have to, or well, since Christ Jesus is our shepherd, I missed is there. Yeah. Oh dear, the leaf there is wrong, okay? So bear with me, my typing is all over the place. Thank you guys for being gracious towards me. Don't, you, we don't have to, the correct leaf, in pain anymore. Why? Because, we are, because he was beaten for our sin. Number two, we don't have to be in captivity anymore because he was chained for us, our sake. Number three, number three, you don't have to live in poverty anymore because he was made poor for you. Believe these things I'm saying. You don't have to be anymore. Don't let anyone tell you anything else because Jesus did a divine exchange on the cross. All the things he suffered was so that you don't have to go through with it again. Okay? Number four, you don't have to live in defeat ever again. You don't have to live in defeat ever again because Jesus lives victorious, victoriously for your sake. I said that last week. He's not just dead. He is alive and he's living for your sake. So as long as Jesus is victorious, you are victorious. That's why the Bible tells us that we are what? More than conquerors. Hallelujah. I hope you got that message. Now, I was going to go into a time of worship. And after this worship... I'm going to come back again. I'm going to ask you to pray. While we're going into worship, I want you to start asking the Holy Spirit what He wants you to learn from this and what He wants specifically you because God relates with us uniquely. Uniquely. Hallelujah. Oh, He is a good God. He is a good God. I want you right now to begin to talk to God. Begin to tell Him, God, you are good. Begin to tell God, I love you. God, I want you. If you don't know him, it's a good time for you to say, God, I want to be part of yours. I want to be your child. I want to be part of your ship. And it's quite easy to do that. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That your Lord, your personal Lord, your personal Savior. And you shall be saved. That is for anyone. It's for anyone who believes. So while we just do in this atmosphere of worship, I just want you to begin to just talk to God. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. God says, I will take care of you. 
I know you by name. I will provide for you. I will protect you. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. It doesn't add anything. I said to you earlier today, my worry and panic today messed up the, <laughs> is messing up even most of our streaming. It's because I, sometimes we do that. And we need to always relax and let God take care of us. And I'm not preaching a message that I'm not going through myself. Sometimes I, I panic. Sometimes I don't always trust God. And God is just telling us, I am the good shepherd. And you are my sheep. I chose you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. And if I've chosen you, I will make a way for you. I will provide for you. Oh, thank you so much, Father. Just go ahead. Keep talking to God while you're listening to me. Because this is a, it's not church unless you connect with God. Church is a place of connection. That's what, that's what um, uh, uh, Jacob experienced on that when he had his head on the stone. And he woke up and he called that place Bethel, the house of God. We are heaven. There was a connection. Angels ascending and descending. And Christ is that ladder. Jesus is talking to you right now. He wants you to, he wants, he's standing as a high priest. He's telling you, talk to the Father right now. God, I don't want to be the one praying everything for you right now. You talk to God in your room. Talk to God. Begin to tell God what you want. Tell him what you're going through. The area where you're still panicking, tell him, Father, please help me to lead me to rest in this area. Lead me to rest. Guide me like we read in that book of Psalms. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, we need you more than ever before. Thank you because you're perfect in all your ways to us. There's nothing you do that is out of step, out of whack. No matter the circumstance we, do, we go through, it's not you. Rather, it is you that is there helping us. And we want to thank you right now for that. In the name of Jesus. And you that are listening to me, I promise you, God will come through for you this week if you believe. Yes, if you believe. If you believe what I'm saying to you, God will come through to you this week. Believe that God will help you. God will strengthen you in the name of Jesus. Yes, you might be going through challenges with your husband right now. And I'm asking you, trust God in that area. Just trust him. Trust God, please. Trust God. Enough, enough you trying to fix it. The more you try to fix it yourself, the more you're spoiling it. God wants you to take your hands off and let him work. Like the psalmist said to us, he leads me to rest. God wants you to come into rest and that's in Christ Jesus. And in the area of your husband's spirituality, your area of your husband's faith, God is saying to you right now, let me do what I do best. I am the one that convicts people. You remember you didn't save yourself. I saved you. I will save your husband. Let me do my work. That's what God is saying to you, lady. And I thank you so much, Father, right now. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. All is ministering to you right now. Let's just keep in that place of ministration. Keep talking to him. Keep praying right now. Don't just listen. Keep talking to him. This is not just a, a live stream. It's not a live show. It is a church that we are in. The presence of God is in this room. It's in your room. And that's what I love about this. The time where we have to all physically be in one place is gone. It was gone 2,000 years ago. And thank God, God has brought us to the place where technology can help us as well to connect. So keep pouring here. Even those of you who are at home right now and you feel just speaking in your spirit right now to lay hands on your children, go ahead and do it. 
If the Spirit of God just puts in your heart to lay hands on your children, use this opportunity to do it. Lay hands on them because we do not pray. Pray what you want. You, the parents, pray what you want over them. God will meet the need, your need for those kids. They are still under your authority. Pray what you want. God will hear your prayer. Hallelujah. I want to join with you in agreement now in your homes that God will grant you your request over your children. Even if they don't live in that house with you, they're living in their own place or in a different place, begin to pray for them. Say, God, I thank you. Thank you, Holy Father. God, we give you praise. We give you all the glory. Thank you for being with us today. You are uh, the good shepherd and we are your sheep. We thank you for answering our prayers. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone say a loud amen. Say it loud in your room. Amen. <laughs>